0: Just seven years ago, ExxonMobil was riding high. It was the biggest company in the U.S., bigger than corporate giants like Walmart, Microsoft, even Apple.
1: Exxon, at its peak, was this giant, sprawling monster of a company. They made record profits for years. They delivered on oil production for years.
0: Chris Matthews covers the energy industry. And he says, with Exxon's work in so many countries, in some ways, the company was run like a government.
1: It was dealing with heads of state. It had its own foreign policy and was operating in dozens of countries all over the world. This was a a giant company that in some ways functioned on, on a scale that many companies can only dream of.
0: But since that 2013 peak, a lot has changed. Exxon has lost around 60% of its value. And three weeks ago, it was removed from the Dow Jones Industrial Average, a list of 30 top U.S. companies that Exxon had been on for nearly a century.
1: Exxon has gotten so much smaller that it no longer really represents a huge, important segment of the economy. And this year, they are forecast to lose money. They had, for the first time this century, back-to-back losses in the last two quarters, which was previously unthinkable for Exxon.
0: What was behind Exxon's stunning decline? Its laser focus on fossil fuels, analysts say. While Exxon's competitors started to invest more in renewables like wind and solar power, Exxon stuck to oil and gas. And despite more than $1 billion in losses, Exxon is doubling down. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Linebaugh. It's Tuesday, September 22nd. Coming up on the show, why Exxon has fallen so far and how its fossil fuel strategy is now being put to the test. Exxon's strategy isn't just testing the company financially. That focus on oil has been a source of frustration for some of its own employees, who are concerned over the company's approach to climate change. And over the last few months, Chris has started hearing from them.
1: Folks started reaching out to me, and there was a lot of frustration within the company on a range of issues. But one of the issues that people were upset about was climate change. And and there's definitely a contingent of employees within the company that are frustrated with Exxon's strategy to handle climate change that think that Exxon, with all of its financial might, ought to be investing in what these employees would say are more groundbreaking technologies like renewables.
0: To understand how Exxon reached this place of frustrated employees and mounting losses, you have to go back a decade. At that time, oil prices were really high, and the industry was doing well. Exxon's CEO decided to go on a spending spree, buying up lots of new oil fields all over the world. Some of its competitors were taking a similar approach. But in 2015, oil prices plunged, and Exxon and its competitors responded to this oil bust with two distinct strategies.
1: You start to see a split between Exxon and some of its peers. A lot of Exxon's peers decide, relatively speaking, to kind of hold back their investment in fossil fuels. The industry in the last few years has begun thinking about transitioning to renewable energy sources, particularly some of Exxon's European competitors have, have made some, some bold pronouncements and wanting to invest in renewables.
0: What are some of these bold pronouncements that have come from Exxon's European competitors.
1: The European companies like BP and Shell and Total, the big French energy company, they've really sort of accelerated their embrace of renewables recently. BP has totally restructured itself internally so that its renewable business will be basically on par with its oil and gas business and has said it's going to invest billions of dollars in renewables and is even willing to let its oil and gas production shrink, which is is really pretty incredible when you think about it. I mean, this is an oil and gas company saying that it's not going to make as much of its major product and is going to be doing something else.
0: And after the pandemic caused oil prices to sink even further, BP accelerated its move toward renewables.
1: So BP had pledged to be net carbon zero by 2050, meaning they would effectively not be emitting any carbon, but they really hadn't said how they were going to do that. And then the pandemic erupts and the world turns upside down. And throughout that, they were formulating their plan. And in August, they laid out the markers about how they were going to get there. And Basically what it entails is this giant remaking of their entire company. They said that they were going to transition from being an oil and gas company to being an energy company. That they were going to dramatically increase their spending on renewables while reducing their investment in oil and gas. So. They're laying out this plan of fundamentally remaking the company and putting billions of dollars into it.
0: Are companies like BP really going to be able to make the same kind of money on renewable energy?
1: So there's a lot of questions about the strategy. I think BP and Shell and others feel like the writing is on the wall that this is the way the world is moving And so we better get ahead of it. And even if they can't make as much money on renewables as oil and gas, you know, it'll be a steady return. It'll be something they can count on. Whereas the future for oil and gas, at least in their view, may not be so bright.
0: So Exxon's rivals are in this moment of low oil prices responding by investing in renewable energy. Has Exxon decided to do that too?
1: Exxon has not. They have not invested in renewables. They have said they don't see that as something they'll be investing in anytime soon. And they've really doubled down on oil and gas.
0: In its research arm, Exxon is looking at renewables, like turning algae into a biofuel. But that isn't close to being commercially viable. And when it comes to the company's core products, oil and gas, Exxon keeps investing. Building on those years of buying up new oil fields, even after many of those projects came up short.
1: So that spending spree has totally backfired. A lot of these projects have not panned out, have not made nearly the money that Exxon had planned to. But Exxon says, we're going to keep spending, we're going to keep investing.
0: After the break, why Exxon thinks its strategy will work and the challenges it's facing inside and outside the company.
2: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. Hiring with Indeed, your search is over. With over 350 million global monthly visitors and candidate-matching technology, Indeed helps you find quality candidates fast. As a listener of this show, Indeed is giving you a £100-sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash thejournalpod. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Welcome back. As Chris was reporting on Exxon, he heard about a tense meeting that happened in January. An Exxon employee challenged executives about the company's approach on climate.
1: I spoke to a guy named Enrique Rosero who was a an Exxon geoscientist for years, and he and some of his colleagues told me about a, a meeting at Exxon's flagship campus here in Houston, and they were talking about climate change and this dual challenge of, of providing energy to the world while reducing the risk of climate change. And at the end of it, Enrique stood up and questioned his bosses on whether Exxon's acknowledgement that that fossil fuels are contributing to climate change was inconsistent with its corporate strategy. He pointed out that Exxon says we have to reduce emissions, but Exxon's own emissions are set to increase by 20% over the next five years. And he said, isn't this a failure of leadership? And everyone I spoke to at that meeting said it was, you know, awkwardly quiet. And one of the executives said something like, I don't hear a question in there.
0: — That executive was named Tolu Iwarido. After that meeting, Enrique said he was told he needed to improve or he'd be fired. So he voluntarily left the company. He thinks he was punished for asking about Exxon's climate strategy. Exxon declined to comment on Enrique's case. A spokesman said the company encourages open dialogue and doesn't tolerate retaliation. Exxon's strategy to lean into fossil fuels is based on a few predictions. One is that oil prices will eventually go back up.
1: And the best time to invest is when oil prices are low, because when they go high, we'll have the production and our competitors won't have it and we'll be the ones supplying the market with oil.
0: It also believes that even if some countries start relying more on renewable energy, other countries won't.
1: They do see a lot of the growth and demand for their products in really the developing world. And so, you know, their big bet in some ways is on places like Africa and India and China where you have a middle class coming up and they just they just need energy. They don't have it and they need it and Exxon can give it to them and, and maybe you know, renewables, the infrastructure isn't there to provide it yet. And so in their view, there's no way that renewables can meet the needs of the world for energy, that oil and gas have a role to play for decades to come, and there's no way around it. And so they want to be supplying that oil and gas.
0: So based on their predictions, it doesn't seem like Exxon is going to be changing course anytime soon.
1: They haven't signaled that they're going to back away from trying to grow oil and gas production. I, I think they still believe that once we get clear of the pandemic and economies open back up and things get back to normal, well, the world's going to need more oil and gas again, and Exxon should provide it. So I think the, the view is kind of, let's ride this out, you know, let's get to the other side of it, and then we can get on with our, our growth plans
0: What would it take for Exxon's oil and gas strategy to succeed in the long term?
1: There's definitely a scenario where Exxon is making a bunch of money later this decade. They have said, look, the world economy is going to rebound. Renewables are not yet in widespread use and we'll need oil and gas. And at the same time, Our peers and others are not investing in oil and gas, so the demand will be back, but the supply won't be there, and we'll be one of the few big companies that is investing in it, and so we'll reap the rewards.
0: And what would be the worst-case scenario if you're Exxon?
1: If they're wrong and someone figures out the sort of secret sauce to renewables and finds out a way to build it, relatively cheaply and quickly, and and can get the middle class of the developing world to get onto renewables and kind of skip fossil fuels, well, Exxon would be in big trouble.
0: Yeah, in very big trouble. Because if renewables become more affordable and climate change becomes a bigger issue to consumers, there may not be much room left for oil and gas companies.
1: That is a possibility. The concerns I hear from investors are, yes, Exxon could stand to make a bunch of money in sort of the medium term, but the long term, they could really be in trouble. In 20, 30 years from now, the world may look dramatically different. And we may not know what the world looks like, but maybe Exxon should be hedging its bets. Maybe it should look at investing in something other, than oil and gas, just in case the world looks differently in 2040 than it does now.
0: That's all for today, Tuesday, September 22nd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.